Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Everybody knows everything's bigger in Texas, and there is a Texas-sized showdown going on in the major leagues right now. Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info. Up to the minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdown, only one place to go, Bet Online. Plus, don't you get it twisted. They've got all your odds and betting information that you need for college and NFL football. I'm talking real-time updates, spreads, odds. It's all there. Everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way through to the World Series, it's all there at Bet Online. So why don't you do me a favor and do yourself a favor? Grab that mobile device, head on over to Bet Online, sign up, and don't forget to use that code BLEAV. That's believe. Get yourself a 50%. That's right. I said 50% welcome bonus when you sign up. Bet online, where the game starts. I hope you're ready to have your mind blown with the greatest health and fitness information on the planet. (laughs) Yes, bitch! (laughs) Hello, everyone. It's the Mikey Likes You podcast. I'm Mikey, and I like... You're you, and you're liked. Uh, Let's get things started, as we should, by giving thanks to those people who make this podcast possible, who are much more important to making this podcast a reality, and in the long run, making this podcast thrive, even more so than I am, and that is, first and foremost, Mr. Giorgio, behind the counter, the Greek, powerful uh, Puzo Agrande, and also First Detachment, who makes the best, the best uh, health and fitness supplements on the planet. And I mean that. Um, they are a curated collection of things that are absolutely useful and none of the things that you are just going to waste your money on and uh, kind of are easy sales pitches. It's got to be difficult in the industry of fitness and nutritional supplements to go the route that First Attachment has gone, and that is to – charge a premium price for premium products and not have things that are initially alluring and interesting to the casual. Um, you know, when there's so many energy drinks right down the street at your Costco and your and your 7-Eleven and, and protein drinks ready to drink, you can make billions of dollars doing that when in actuality, if you know you're not a snake oil salesman, that there are just a very small collection of products that are actually going to mean something on your journey to have a better body or to feel better and to look better, whatever it may be, or to perform better. And that is exactly, exclusively what First Attachment is putting out. So check it out and make sure that you use the code Mike10 so that you could save yourself a little bit of money and let them know that I sent you. On top of that, thank you to Bet Online, who from the day one has been here for me and the Mikey Likes You podcast. If you are interested in anything that you may be hearing or seeing that comes up on this podcast, things about physical culture, things about changing habits, things about just feeling better about yourself and feeling feeling better about your life, why don't you check out my Patreon? It is available to you and the top tier is where I am your 100% ride or die committed personal trainer, nutritionist, and I help you walk through all the different steps of what it may be. And those steps change as you get fitter, 
as you have a new kid, as you get a new job, as you lose your job, as your stress levels go up, as your stress levels go down, whatever it may be, this is a living, breathing thing, as is all successful physical transformation exercises and endeavors. Uh, And I'm there for you. That is the top tier. But also, there are the two other tiers that you just get access to a lot of other geekier information, stuff that isn't as broad stroke as the stuff that you hear here on the podcast. So that is available to you. Again, that will be linked in the show notes below. Let's get on it and cracking. I'm going to call this the let's get down to business episode because there's so much crap to talk about that is in the um, sphere of things that have to do with the Mikey Likes You podcast. I am interested in a myriad of things. I am not an expert in very, very many things. I'm not. So I'm not going to sit here and be like waxing poetic about Israel and Palestine, even though it is something I'm like geeky about, even though, uh, you know, film directing, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by um, Kubrick and, and, and uh, you know, Godard and, you know, even David Fincher nowadays is like, I, I get really, I'll watch hours and hours of YouTube videos about the whole thing and documentaries and read books about it. But I'm not going to get on here and do a podcast about it because I don't frankly know much about it. Couldn't even tell you what aperture means. Um, so I try to curate the things that I, A, am interested in and passionate about, and B, feel like I can provide to you as a service. And the reason I started off by talking about this is because somehow, and I believe it is the barrier of entry into being a pundit, a journalist, or a broadcaster nowadays with the internet, that now people will just talk. When frankly, I'm not sure why the fuck I'm concerned with your opinion or insight on any of it. I don't really give a shit, random person with man tits, what you have to say about fitness or health. I'm not really sure why you felt the desire or even felt it appropriate to have a YouTube channel or a, a, a Instagram feed about like, you know, fit flex fashion. Like who the fuck are you? And people do it with politics and people do it with social ideas and stuff. And there is just this whole world of people just blah, 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 blah. And I'm not trying to point finger or shit on anybody else. If you can figure out a way to make money doing it, fucking good for you. What I am commenting on, and I have a weird perspective on it because I came from traditional media. Now, even if you are on a morning radio show or a goofy kind of knock around kind of show where we're talking fart jokes and making fun of people and that's what we do for a living the classic kind of morning show morning zoo thing which is certainly the world that i came from um there's a certain level of there's a responsibility that you have before you go on the microphone and say something Because you can literally people lose their jobs. People lose hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, because you put your foot in your mouth. I've been on the receiving end of stuff that I didn't have to do with. And I've certainly been the guy at fault. I've gotten people in a world of hurt because I was irresponsible. Even with a a show that is 
mostly humor and tawdry kind of sophomoric shit. You don't have to be on NPR to really get get in a lot of trouble for just saying shit that you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Okay, so I have a different level of understanding and different a, di- a wildly different perspective than the average person who's like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of interested in yeah, veganism, so I'm going to start my own podcast, you know? Um, but nowadays, people just are all, all, all out there, especially the TikTok world and a lot of these YouTube influencers because a lot of these people are very young. And I'm not shitting on you, young people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about, because I had... Uh, an incredible luxury of being young and not knowing what the fuck I was talking about and no one hearing me talk. Okay? I do not think that kids are more arrogant or they're more uh, entitled nowadays. I think we've, children, teenagers, early 20s, we're all full of shit and assholes and dishonest and, and sanctimonious. It's just... Up until about seven years ago, no one heard us say that. And when adults did hear us say those those things, they go, hey, shut the fuck up. You think you got to figure it out, asshole? You don't. That's how all adult males said to me until I was like 25. Every boss I had, every football coach would be like, listen, shut the fuck up. And that was the extent of adults dealing with me. And I'm not trying to be like with Crimey River. That's, it was easy. It was easy. Because then... The stakes were pretty low. I'd go to bed that night and wake up, and it was a new day for me to sprack off at the mouth, not knowing what the fuck I was talking about. Now kids have TikTok and shit. Going out there, and they just say, have I researched this? No. I've heard it before. Other people say, so it's like, let me collect these ideas, and then I'll just shit them out there. Um, and it's very, 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 very apparent in a couple of arenas. I recently, and I'm trying my best to not be too detailed because I don't want to. I am not in the business of shitting on people because I don't like their work. I don't ever want to get on the air and talk crap about an actor because I don't like their movies. I don't want to talk crap about a band because I don't like their music. I will go ham on someone because they're shitty people, okay? These people that I were dealing with are not shitty people. I just don't particularly like the business that they do. I'm not a fan of it, right? But I was dealing with them. And again, I'm gonna be incredibly vague so that no one knows what I'm talking about. And I was in this panel discussion and there was a college professor and he or she is a pretty well regarded professor in the sociological cultural anthropological fields okay he he or she studies people and certain groups of people and then they got to talking about cultural appropriation and I was like, you know, that's just a word. Like, it, it, sorry, it's two words, but it's a term, right? It's just been th- like kind of like wage gap, cultural appropriation, uh, uh, systemic racism. And there's these kind of hot button terms in, in sociological, sociopolitical talk, right? And 
oppression, right? And I go, do you think about this when you say that? Because, like, what is cultural appropriation, right? What, what do you, what do you, is it wearing certain clothes? Because now, wh- why is that a bad thing? Right? If it's, we're, let's talk style. No one rocks style that they hate. They rock style because they're like, this looks dope. And if a white girl is going to dress like a chola because she thinks it looks sweet, is that a cultural appropriation? Is that somehow a negative? Or is that kind of like a tip of the cap to Chicano culture, right? Am I not allowed to wear cowboy hats and cowboy boots now that I live in Texas because I spent most of my life in an urban environment in Los Angeles? Am I? I mean, what, what, where do we draw the line? I think you're just shooting out terms. And most of the time, because you're a college professor, no one no one pushes back on you. That's the kind of the the, the negative aspect to any type of liberal arts, right? Um, and I'm not the guy who didn't go to college and then is now going to crap on. No, college degrees are amazing, especially great colleges. When you're talking about literature, when you're talking about engineering, when you're talking about being a doctor, attorney, uh, an accountant, going to a great school and finishing and being able to do that, make it through that crucible is, is incredibly beautiful. But I'm specifically talking about kind of the liberal, liberal arts, the less objective stuff where you can just kind of wax poetic about it. When you're a college professor, no one calls you on bullshit by virtue of it being your class, right? You can just sprack off. You, you are lecturing, literally, literally lecturing your students. That's not an open discussion, right? So you can say these terms, cultural appropriation. And, this, and of course, there's going to be, you know, 50, 60 kids. If, if you're at a big university, there's 150 kids that are like, oh, yeah, you're amazing, you know, yeah, everything you say is totally true. It's not an objective science. It's not mathematics. It's not. Uh, it's not you know filling out a a, a, um, a balance sheet. You know something that you could just say yes or no. That's how you do it, or that's not how you do it. These are ideas. When you're a college professor, you just say ideas, and people will go yes, yes. Nineteen year olds are huh, uh-huh, yes. So I was like, well, what, what, what is cultural appropriation? And you know, I was like, well, is it a white girl having braids in her hair? Because, frankly, uh, that's not a black thing. They're called Dutch braids. And Vikings had braids way before people decided in America that, like, that was going to be, like, a black woman thing, you know? So where do we... And by the way, it's kind of weird to say, like, oh, there's only one way a black person should look. Like, ah, uh, do I look like a Mexican dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, aside from, like, the, my skin... I meant, my point is, is like, I, am I not living up to my, my, uh, my responsibilities as a Mexican because I, you know, I don't wear Ben Davis or, you know what I'm saying? It's very narrow thinking to say like, well, this is how a culture should be. Um, it's, it's very strange to, and very narrow because it's a term and I, and I feel like this person had never been pressed on this idea. And he or she was getting really mad at me. And I was like, no, I'm not trying to say what you're saying is wrong. I'm not trying to say, like, Elvis Presley made it, became an American legend by essentially just doing what black guys around him did. I get it. There is a sense of appropriating what you see another culture do. But I go, is it always bad, if, especially if someone's not profiting on it? Uh, you know, when is it cultural appropriation for 
uh, I see black athletes in, in NFL, NBA who have Japanese writing because they're they're tough dude. They like they worship the samurai. And they have something meaningful in Japanese. Is uh, is that are they stealing from some, or are they just giving a tip of the cap? Right. So this is my kind of my my tangent that I went on because I dealt with it in my real life, and I also saw kind of on the heels of that debate or perhaps a show or perhaps a podcast that I was into. I, I Again, I'm trying to be super vague because I don't, I, I like these people and I don't want there to be any negativity around these people. I just it, it, had this experience. So I had this experience and then I see this dude, Nick Hardwick, who I respect very much. He is a former all pro center for many years for a long time he w- was in the nfl and i had him on my podcast he now has uh, he, he's a fitness influencer and he has the lose like a lineman uh program i like nick very much i encourage you all to check nick out nick hardwick and i was scrolling through his instagram because he's a smart dude i've had him on the show and i and i i agree with almost everything he says and he's he's a he's a thinker he doesn't just accept terms that get thrown at him and he had this video that I'm about to show you about the idea of progressive overload. Check it out. And you're throwing out scientific terms like you have a fucking clue what that means in the real world. I can't tell you how many times I've heard progressive overload in the last year and a half. It's like the word in the fitness community. Progressive overload. If you're not progressive overloading, what are you even doing? Wasting your time. Like I heard that so many times in the comment section. But just in general, it's like, you need to be progressively overloading. It's just some scientific bullshit term, which my nine and 11 year old boys know. They understand that to get stronger, you have to put more weight on the bar. No shit. Or do it for more reps. No shit. So progressive overload. I would put it in the same category as, uh, as, as cultural appropriation or what, gender wage gap or you know these terms everyone hears them they're they're very ubiquitous so you start to adopt them and a lot of people who like i I ask you are you an exercise physiologist do you have 20 30 years do you have any uh, amount of time really studying the idea of hypertrophy or strength gain or or kinesiology or do you just go to chat rooms or go to a couple people's instagram feed and collect ideas and then shit them out. Because Nick's exactly right. I don't know how many people will say, I do keto, and then I get further into discussion with them and they eat 30 grams of fat a day. And I was like, oh, you you're, you lowered your carbohydrates. You, you're not on a ketogenic diet. What do you mean? Well, a legitimate ketogenic diet is six, at least 60% fat with moderate amounts of protein. You have actually a pretty high protein diet, I, I wouldn't consider. And they're like, well, I just hear terms. And I know keto, low carb. And I was like, well, they're not the same. Okay, you do. And I'm not picking on people and I'm not pointing out how people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. What I am trying to illuminate a little bit is that the internet has made it so that there is no barrier of entry into having a level of expertise or any appeal to authority. 
everyone seems to think they are an authority or has the right to have a forum to present themselves as such. I, uh, I've turned some wrenches in my life. All my jobs I ever had until I was 21 were in car garages. And uh, I could do some things. I would never, in a million years, think of hosting a car podcast. Or having a car based. Because I'm not an authority. I'm not fucking Carol Shelby. I probably am more interested in a a lot of other shit besides fitness. But it's the only thing I ever felt completely comfortable having this this arena to then present myself as some level of authority. When you're talking about getting in good shape, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous right now because you are at zero dearth of information. In 1970, if you wanted to be a bodybuilder, if you wanted to be like any of the guys in Pumping Iron, that was, well, I better just commit my entire life into figuring out how to do this because where am I going to find information? Even 20 years ago, you know, I, we, I'm, I, I won't forget when Nikki Rodriguez was sitting on this couch and I was sitting on that chair and Nikki Rodriguez, it was a big, beautiful body and is a world-class athlete. He said, I, I went to uh, see the movie Pain and Gain and I wanted to be buff, and I remember I lost my last match from, I felt like I was not strong enough, so I saw Pain and Gain, and I saw, had took that match into consideration, and I went right to the internet, and there was all this information there, and I just started pumping iron and going to the internet. You have, you have no shortage of information. That's very dangerous, because there's no way for someone to filter that information. And there's a lot of people where it gets even more dangerous is there's so many people making tons of money putting out information and the amount of money you make is not directly proportionate to how good your information is. In fact, sometimes it's inversely proportionate because a lot of good information would be kind of discouraging sometimes. I've had it happen. I've had it happen in my own life when I was 19 years old. I've had it happen with many clients I have where they go, but I saw this amazing circuit of fill in the blanks and then it looked so cool when they did this move. And I go, yeah, but that's not going to get you fuck all. I go, do you really, you really want this? Okay. Let's plan on two years and it's going to be a lot of fucking boring shit that you're going to have to grind away at. And Every guy who goes to uh, a Muay Thai class for the first time, or every guy and gal, jujitsu class, and you're like, I saw this sweep from Barambolo uh, online. It was amazing. And I saw, you know, one of Danaher's guys do this flying arm bar, and it was like fucking cool. And you're like, how come I'm going to spend the next six months doing shrimping and, bri- and, 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 and making frames so that I don't get smashed? It's boring. You know, yeah, well, welcome to reality. Do this shit over and over and over again, and that's how you start to develop a skill set and get good at it. All your little booty kickback bullshit 
uh, my booty band workout to get fit for summer. And I see all these chicks and it's some girl who's got an amazing body. He's like, like a, this waist and big ass. And I was like, that's not how you built that, but that looks awesome on TikTok. It looks awesome. You put the, you know, paint the town red by Doja cat behind. It's like, Ooh, she's the devil. And you're sitting there like, Ooh, Ooh. Uh, mm, booty burst booty burst and i was like yeah that looks way better and i'm sure way more women are gonna fucking buy that program reality is is like you grinded on your squats for five six reps and then you grinded on your hip thrusts and you ate like a certain way for a long period of time on top of being like a genetic freak you know like usually brazilian or something where like we know they make you different down there okay and this poor soccer mom who just wants to get in better shape she's like oh that's how you do it no it isn't but that sells that sells and for young kids who want to get jacked certain shit sells and it's like high high volume for a while and then now mike mincer's high like as if that's cutting edge shit i can't tell you how many dudes in the last two weeks have what do you think of mike mincer's thoughts on one set is all you need i was like well, it's only been around for 50 fucking years. It's just there's stuff comes in and out of this industry. And and it, then it's like, how marketable is this? I don't know. Well, let's figure it out. And stuff that's marketable gets perpetuated and stuff that isn't, isn't. Sometimes stuff that's really important is not marketable. And you have to be careful. Because... When I was growing, uh, trying to piece together what was right, there was only about five to ten outlets for me to kind of cross-reference. Now there's hundreds of millions. It's never-ending. If you do a little search in Instagram, and you know when you go to the little search area, which is curated now to the stuff you're typically looking at, so mine is nothing but brunette girls with huge asses. It's really kind of gross. It's if you go to that search section where you put it in, and you like you look for your buddy who forgot his handle. You go, my you go to mine. It's literally like endless screens of Hispanic black Hispanic and black girls, uh, in in Lululemon with insane bodies. That's all it is. So that kind of says something about me. But my point being, you go in there, put in put in fitness, put in bodybuilding whatever it's just it never ending the amount of people out there right so i wanted to give you some level of awareness that it's going it's it's never been hard excuse me it's never been easy actually it's never been easy to just stick to the game in the in the game of fitness in the game of looking better naked over however long a period of time, it's so hard to just steady as she goes, stay on your program, stay eating the same way over a long period of time and just kind of grind. When you're seeing results, when you're not seeing results, it's always been very difficult because your mind starts to play tricks on you. You're like, maybe this program will be better. Maybe this one would be more optimal. It's really hard to stay the course. But nowadays, it's fucking impossible because you don't even have to be looking for it. You just go on Instagram to like check on whatever your girlfriend put up. And here's seven dudes who are like shredded. It's like my secret for six pack abs. You're like, oh, well, this guy's doing something different. This sucks. 
stay the course, man. Stay the course. Find your find your program and commit to it for a long period of time. Maybe it's not optimal. Maybe there are some. But one thing I will tell you is that finding something that's pretty good but not optimal and doing it for six months without asking any questions is going to be way better than finding six things that are super optimal and going in between those things over and over and over again. So suck it up, shitbag. Here's another thing that I have to address. Liver King. I am all about, hey, live your life. Quit. Everyone quit living everybody else's life or concerning yourself with everybody else's life. Just focus on you. But people get so, and I look, again, I also think that it's not necessarily anybody else's fault when you can make 16 grand a month doing a YouTube channel about someone else's podcast, critiquing someone else's shit. I go, okay, well, people are growing up in a different world. You People, there's cottage industries about critiquing other people doing shit you know so i get it it's it's a little different but i'm not, I, I don't i don't i don't want to care about i don't want to comment about liver king because i don't know the guy and frankly i feel kind of bad for the guy i think he's i think he made some mistakes i think he definitely said some things that weren't true so that he can make more money that's and I don't I don't support that. But I also think the guy's struggling. The guy's ill a little. I think he's struggling and he clearly has incredible um self-image problems. We saw that with some of the leaked emails and stuff. And he was even open about like I just, I grew up I never felt good in my own skin. I felt bullied. I felt like an outsider and I just wanted something to make me feel better about myself and I go, "Wow, well I I congratulate you." You and he's like, "I was willing to do whatever it took." Even if it was $16,000 a month in, in GH and test. And, you know. So for those of you who are not familiar, Liver King is this guy. He has a company, Ancestral Supplements, and he, he's fucking so jacked and so lean. I mean, he's really got a beautiful, amazing physique. You may not be into that level of musculature, but his his muscle separation and his size and lean, he's got a, a great physique. He put in a lot of work, right? And he was always saying that it was his ancestral primal you know tenets that that got him there and was claiming he was clean he was natty turns out Derek from more plates more dates unearthed this email chain where he was admitting to uh use of an extraordinary I mean extraordinary amount of PEDs more so than some of my friends that are IFBB pro card bodybuilders like an extraordinary amount so then he he has to come forward and he admits that he lied and so he's going natty he was a big thing i'm gonna go natural liver king's gonna be natural and he does it for like 120 days and he just comes out in last week and he's like guys i don't like losing muscle and i don't like feeling weaker i'm gonna go back on i'm gonna go back on uh uh, uh hrt dose of testosterone and i think he's saying he's using two clicks of gh so i'm going back on i don't like being natty i don't like what it's doing to me i have to go back on because that's the mental aspect that's a psychological problem with we using peds 
is that aside from what potential dangers there may be physically, it's very addicting. It's very addicting. Uh, I talked about last episode about when I was younger and I didn't need to be using steroids and I used a lot of steroids, how hard it was for me to get off because of the physical problems I was having. Uh, hormones were all wacky. I had no libido. I was very edgy. I was very angry. And I'm not an angry guy. I'm a, I'm a smiley dude. I like people. And I felt very isolated. I wanted to be isolated. I wanted to be away. I had a hard time sleeping even though I was dead tired. I didn't have much of an appetite, but I still felt like I was gaining, <laughs> gaining body fat. It was, it's a mess, right? One of the worst problems was the psychological aspect of it. Because I felt like a fucking Viking warrior and now I feel weak. And I'm already super vain and super self-conscious of it and now i'm like i'm getting smaller and weaker and soft softer and i i i i did 235 pounds of overhead press strict press perfect form i could barely get up 185 today what the it's terrible psychologically it's terrible right so I, i i feel for the guy but he's getting back on and everybody's like huh he couldn't hack it he couldn't do it i go Stop now and let's figure out a way to now further insult Liver King. What can we take from this in a positive and apply it to our lives in a good way? How about just stop shitting on him, figuring out different ways to figure out why he's a liar and he's a hypocrite. Hey, the guy came for, he's like, I tried to go natural because I got caught lying. I can't do it. This sucks. So I'm going back on. The end, as far as I'm concerned. Outside of that, what do we gather from this? What is useful? What is useful is like, wow, these things are genuinely addictive and they can be quite dangerous, can't they? Wow, I should really take that into consideration if I'm considering using performance answer and if i'm already using them i better really think long and hard about how i'm going to transition off you know i'm i i i've been open that in the last year i started a doctor monitored hormone therapy uh i was always very honest when i was on it wasn't i i'd been clean for a long 15 16 years last time i used any type of uh steroid or performance enhancing drug was I was 25 years old, um, but I just got back on, and I and I had always been cool about being. But I don't care about fake natty or this and that, uh, because at the center of it was when I see guys like Michael Hearn's a perfect example. I used to work out with Michael Hearn in Venice, not us personally, but I see him around a lot. Michael Hearn's a very nice guy, very nice guy. Rich Piana, you know these monsters there, and Rich Piana's like was God rest his soul, but he was using a ton of gear. Michael Hearn always claimed to be natural. Okay. And he's like, he's old. He's, I think he's older than me. And people would say fake nat. They, what do you think? I go, I, if I were a betting man, and I were going to do a blood test, I would say the man is on gear, but I don't really give a fuck. What I do give a fuck about is this. All you dudes, It's always, usually dudes. All you dudes out there, with your keyboard, never with your mouth, with your keyboard. If I used gear, I'd look like that. And here's the truth. No, you fucking wouldn't. No fucking way. 
If you say the words, if I had that, I would look like you, it means you definitely wouldn't. If that is in your mind, that lets me know there's no fucking way. Because there's no amount of gear you can do that will make you a jacked brick shithouse who's lean and veiny all over if you train like a giant puss and you eat fast food. Okay, Ronnie Coleman, arguably the most gifted genetically as far as physique, as far as like muscle growth and leanness and condition. There's no one ever more gifted right out of there, just came out of the womb like, yeah, buddy, nothing but a peanut. No. And you see how Ronnie Coleman trains back in the day? Okay. Uh, Michael Hearn looks amazing. Natty or not, I watch him lift weights. I've seen it. I go, holy shit. Holy shit. Even if he didn't use gear, I go, bravo, because that level of commitment and discipline, especially at his age, I know he's hurting. And he's just like, nah, every damn day, grinding, okay? Fill in the blank. TJ Dillashaw is another good example. I can't tell you how many shitty ass barely fucking capable of getting into the gym grapplers who are like, well, if I had, if I was on gear, I could be like, T no, you would not. DJ Dillashaw will be, will be clean for 20 years and eat and retired and come in and fucking twist your neck off. Gord, uh, how many dudes Gordon Ryan right now? If he's all, all he is is steroids. All he is, if he didn't have steroids, I get, no, you wouldn't. No, he'd fuck you up. Now, steroids have definitely aided. He's been open about it. But this, what I don't like, and this natty or not world, gives steroids to the victim mentality. If I had this, if I had that, I would be where I want to be. Because it's not just about your body. It's about the job you have. It's about the chick you're banging. It, everyone is always so concerned with, if I only had fill in the blank, I would be exactly where I want to be. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. People who are where they want to be never concern themselves. If, if, if I only had this, if I only had that, and that even goes for shit like your mental health. And I had to learn this the hard way. I always said, if I was uh, a successful guy, if I had respect from my parents could respect me and go around to their PTA shithead buddies and not have to lie about what I was as a human being and they could tell the truth and be proud, uh, uh, everything would be fine. If I had just enough money to get by and, and my parents were proud of me, uh, I, I'd be happy. And then I got there and I was like, no, this is fucking terrible. I have to do a lot of work. I have to do a lot of work on myself. Get the center of it. And, nothing. and if you are overweight and weak, believe me you could do all the liver kings times two drugs and you would still look like shit so stop with the if i only had i would be okay because grinders don't they don't think that way 
Dwight Howard tells this amazing story. Who I've come to, I've come to like Dwight Howard a lot. Uh, Dwight Howard, maybe the greatest physique in NBA history. But he played for the Lakers towards the end of his career. And there's a lot of controversy around his time with uh, the L.A. Lakers. And as a Laker fan, I, I, I didn't like Dwight very much. Now I've come to like him a lot because I've seen a lot of interviews with him. And I was like, what a delightful, smart fella. Um, and he did a television show with Dr. Drew. I forgot what the name of the show was. It was on Fox. Where he and Mike Piazza and Dr. Drew and a couple other celebrities, they flew to fucking Morocco or something. And they did special ops work. And they... It was crazy. I don't know. It was bananas. The show was bananas. But he spent a lot of time. Dr. Drew did. Dwight Howard. He's like, yeah, hey, really, really smart, excellent guy. So I've come to like Dwight Howard. I saw this uh, interview the other day. And for big kind of geeky NBA fans, there's this story about how Kobe was very straightforward with Dwight Howard. He said, you're soft. You're soft as shit. And Dwight Howard looked at his impossible Adonis physique and the fact that he was rebounding champ a couple seasons he was like three times in a row defensive player of the year at his position he's like I'm I'm soft and now he really he's like I had nothing to do with my muscles nothing to do with my point he's like I was soft here and that's what he meant and, it, and, and he's like now I was so fucking mad at Kobe Bryant but now I'm grateful and it's too bad because he's passed away I can't even say I can't even say thank you but he's he was right he was fucking right. Because I show up to the gym every day. I was like, what work can I do to just get by? Because I'm seven foot and I jump 50 inches and I'm ripped. Of course, like I'll kick ass if I do this. Kobe was never, there was no limit. He was like, I will continue grinding. And there's like whole YouTube channels of Dwayne Wade, Kevin Garnett, uh, LeBron James. You go down the line, the mellow. All talking about, they're like, oh, I, I had this one Kobe story of where we got done with lifting weights and Kobe drove me back to my hotel room. I was like, what you about to get into? I'm going to the club. And Kobe's like, oh, I got a, a meeting a trainer at a gym down. I'm going to get some shots in. And it's like one in the morning. And it never ended. And he, they go down to breakfast for the Olympic team. And Kobe had already been out running full court uh, drills with his knees fucking iced up sitting at breakfast and he's like uh, guys gotta eat real quick so i can go uh hit some weights before i we have our game and they're like this guy's insane there was no limit it never stopped it never fucking stopped so you can say oh well he's a cheater he uses that he's a but some people who have what you want or you assume you would have if you had drugs or if you had more money if you had a, a better set of parents some of these people it's just that they never thought of it that way. They just went. They just go. And I remember being 18, 19 and really working hard and putting together a, a, a reasonable physique. I was never the guy that like the girls were like, whoa, when I took my shirt off. But I had a couple months and people be like, oh, damn, you've been lifting. Yeah, I got it. And I look around at the guys who were like, whoa, damn, whoa, look at this fucking Adonis. And they were all using steroids. And I go, oh, well, if I had that, I'd be just like them. And I was wrong. I was really wrong. Because the reality was, is that, yeah, I lifted hard. And occasionally I'd have a couple chicken breasts here and there. But the reality was, like, I ate in and out 16 times a week. 
And I drank every day. And I slept two hours a night because I was out looking for pussy. And been partying, and you know? That's reality. And I didn't do any of that. At that age, when I was young, my hormones would have been, I would have been fucking diesel. Because I did it at 35. And my life was already bored. I had it kind of handed to me. I was in recovery, so I wasn't out partying. I was married, so I wasn't looking for pussy. I had a daughter, so I, I, I was getting to bed early because I had, what else am I going to do? My life's a doldrum. And uh, then COVID hit, and I was like, I don't even have to go to work. Amazing. This pump iron. I was measuring all my food, doing the thing. And I was lucky. I was really lucky. I'm not trying to, uh, uh, I, I'm not desensitized to. I was lucky that when COVID hit and lockdowns hit, I was already, my wife and I were kind of financially stable. So then I was like, ah, fuck it. Ah, go get me some nice uh, lean sirloin and get the rice, get the, and I did it. And then I was like, oh shit, I'm jacked. I'm really lean. And I was like, that was natural. So just uh, quit looking for if I had the, I would be, and just be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, come hell or high water. Don't let anybody tell you differently. That's one of the beautiful things, and I will, I beat this horse into the ground. It's already dead, and I'm still fucking burying it and smashing it because it's very important. Because there's nothing else in your life, man. Very few, maybe nothing else in your life where there's no outside variables. Martial arts, parenting, being a good husband, being a good wife, uh, being successful in any business, there's a million variables that you can't account for. Okay, there, there is. When it comes to getting the body you want or the performance you want, when I'm talking purely from like strength sports and in the gym, there's nothing in between. That weight, a barbell with two plate with a plate on each side will always be 135 pounds. For from here till eternity. And there's it, that doesn't change. There's no variable there. A hundred pound dumbbell is always a hundred pounds. And you can show up today, and you could show up tomorrow, or you could choose not to. And you could choose because we're not in the gulags. You are in America, I'm assuming, if you're listening or watching this, or you're in some relatively free part of the world. Where no one's telling you how much you can or can't eat or what you can and can't eat. You have the choice to go get bulk ground beef and rice or to go to, to fill in the blank drive through There's no variables in between that. You're in control of that. You're in control of showing up and trying to get one more rep or trying to get uh, five more pounds. And there's nothing in between. There's no judge. There's no fucking ex-wife. There's no crazy girlfriend. There's no boss. There's no coworker. And none of their assholianism gets in the way of that. You make that choice. And, you get, and it's really beautiful. Because you're not going to get that anywhere else in your life. So you might as well. Take full control of it and go and do it. And believe me, drugs aside, genetics aside, if you make the progress, if you make the commitment and then the progress comes, you reap the benefits. Because you may not look like uh, Brad Pitt in Fight Club. It may never happen. But if you look better and you know because it's from watching what you eat and grinding, you'll feel like a million dollars. You'll feel like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. 
And people will be like, oh, damn, what's what's different about you? I mean, obviously, you've lost a little weight. But, man, there's something to me. You're like, yeah. And your skin's brighter. And your eyes are open. And your shoulders are pulled back. And you're like, I don't know if you're aware of this. Over the last six months, I've voluntarily been really, really uncomfortable. And no one's made me do it. I did it all voluntarily. And, uh, and I've... I feel a lot better about myself because I'm stronger and I'm leaner and I'm blah, 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 blah. So there you go. And that, my friends, is an episode. Remember, one more thing. It's really important. Suck my dick. <laughs> Secondly, in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, I do. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.